Welcome to Off The Grid Radio. Better ideas to bust you and your family out of today's global control grid. Now, here's today's show. Hey, welcome. It's Bill Hyde today with Off The Grid News, our podcast. And uh, today we got some really interesting guests. We've, we've asked for a few folks that we could call up and chat with about the whole Boy Scout thing because we think that's kind of an issue. It's a cultural issue. It's a worldview issue that has a lot of people thinking about other worldview issues, issues of a similar nature. So we've got a handful of these guys. What I want you to listen to carefully is just how much in some of these stories, how much, particularly the, the two in the middle, how much being an Eagle Scout has helped these guys that, that called in that we talked to, or we called, I guess, a couple of them, and, and just what it's done to their life. And I think you'll be amazed and astounded at what they have to say. We also have someone that gave a really sort of a nasty response to us, and that is at the end, and he told us to call him, but he wasn't available. So I had my secretary come in, my secretary Hannah, and she played the unlikely role of this caller. And so we addressed some of the negative, really, really, I would say nasty, the really, really nasty things that can kind of come out of this too. So here's our first caller. It's Billy Hodge. It's it's interesting from a number of levels, but I just wondered what's your take, not just from the article that I wrote, but just generally, what are you thinking about this? Uh, basically what I said. I think it's a bunch of baloney. Baloney because, let's, you know, let's try to drill it down a little bit. What do you think? Uh, parents should teach their kids that they are a boy or they are a girl. There's no such thing as in between. Uh, like I said, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or Julie and Jane, you know, uh, and them changing and putting their, uh, changing everything. And from what I understand, they're going to start teaching, uh, a different lifestyle, which is for the gays. I think I think where you're onto something there is I think that there's you know baked inside this Billy I think that there's other motives other than what might look very simple it's like well why don't you put uh, there's girls in band there's girls in in this group or that group and we would all say yeah that's great uh, choir or whatever and there's there's places there's a time and place for that but that's not what you know the Boy Scouts was called the Boy Scouts. And when well, you start well, to divide like it the up. Scouts. They, they started the Girl Scouts for the girls. What if a boy wanted to join the Girl Scouts? Well, according to the new rules, I mean, maybe the government's going to, you know, maybe there'll be some laws enacted so that anybody that wants to join anything is allowed to join anything, which destroys well, everything. Right there's the number one problem is government. Government don't need to be sticking their nose into their in, into that kind of business. And why do you think that they do? Do you think it's they want to play God? Yeah. Yes. I, I kind of have the same view. It seems to me like, again, when the government wants to do these things, Billy, it seems as if they want to control everything. In a way, sometimes you would talk about you know God being a a comprehensive God, and you know. We like to think, and especially in times of trouble, that he's he's got his hands on all these things, and he can he can help us when we're hurting and all these things. And so there's this totality when we talk about God. It seems like the government wants the same sort of totality. They don't know where to keep their nose, as you as you were saying. They don't keep 
no, there's no, there's no uh, dividers there for them to know where to stay away from and in, in, in some ways to get involved in. In other words, the Bible's going to say that there's a place for a civil magistrate, but, it, but it's a highly kind of a negative function. In other words, you're punishing yep. evildoers, and, that, and that's end, end, of, end of the story. No welfare, yep. no, no programs like this, no giving money uh, to an artist who wants to, to uh, pee in nope. a jar with a cross in it. You know, why would government do these things if, like you were saying, if there was not an agenda? If there wasn't something deeper, if they didn't want to make our kids into something that God intended them not to be. Like, like you said, or I don't know if you said, but other people have said on, uh, uh, I don't know if I read it off y'all's or not, but the government is trying to turn men into uh, it, I guess is what you'd call it. You know, uh, we're taking our manhood away. We should be proud to be a man. Uh, it's very easy to tell whether you're a male or female when you walk in there and you look in the mirror. I mean, if you got boobs and you got a split, then you're a woman. If you got a worm hanging out, then you're a man. You know, it's simple. <laughs> That's that. It's very graphic, uh, but but I would agree with you. It's 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 pretty simple to understand. But let me get your take on something else. It seems like they want, uh, the left in general and these groups, it seems like they want diversity, right? They're always wanting diversity. Well, I guess why can't my diversity be that I'm male? Why, yeah. why is that a diversity that's a bad? It seems like there's good and bad diversity, <laughs> but which, which would almost render the word uh, useless if we're going to use language that way. Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah, 100%. What's the way out of this thing, Billy? What's the way out? How do we solve this problem? How do we, how do we heal this nation? How do we get back to where we were? Uh, Christians, Christians, true Christians. As a lot of people call themselves a Christian. True Christians, true children of God, which there's not that many left in this country. A lot of people are churchgoers. They say they're believers. But look at their life. It says we can judge them by their fruit. That's the only way we can judge anybody is by their fruit. Ninety-nine percent of your so-called Christians, they bear bad fruit most of the time. So the true Christians need to get down on their knees, which most of them don't do that anymore either. Need to get down on their knees, maybe even do some fasting, because that's what it tells us to do, mm -hmm. and pray for this country. And get it back up on its feet. But I'm afraid that it's too late. Well, perhaps it is. It is too late. But uh, you know, one thing that I was one of the things that I always like to tell people is that it's not our prerogative. In other words, it's what Stonewall Jackson said. You know, duty is ours, consequences are God's. In other words, yeah. we don't yeah. get to decide the outcome whether it's too late or not. We just know, as you said, we just know that we have a duty. And we have things that God has given us in his word that say, here's how you get out of this situation. And we certainly know that God has taken some pretty bad situations. I mean, listen, if you can let a guy like Manasseh off the hook, one of the craziest, yeah. most evil fellows, yeah. and worse than the pagans, yes. if you can let a guy and forgive a guy like that, America can get back where it's supposed to be. That's, what, that's I, kind of my take. I'll agree. I'll agree. Well, that's probably a good place to... 
to let it go. We got some other callers we're going to take, but I do so much appreciate you uh, chatting with me about this. I think it's stuff that needs to be fleshed out, and um, I really appreciate your opinion. Our next caller is uh, is Jim. Jim, how you doing today? Disappointed, but there's a lot of Americans that are very disappointed. I grew up in the heyday of America. I was in Boy Scouts for numerous years, and we had a good group of uh, young men. And I was even able to attain the uh, rank of Eagle Scout, belonging to the Order of the Arrow. If you're familiar with any of that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, we went on camping trips and whatnot, and we did uh, things to raise money for our troop. We delivered circulars and whatnot. Had a great scoutmaster. And now uh, we're going to include girls in uh, the Boy Scouts. That seems like the message, yeah. Huh? That seems like uh, what's happening, and, and it, it's just it's, it's so confusing, like a lot of the, like a lot of the issues... It, it's it. I, I live next to the, the Mississippi River, and it's muddy, and it just seems like all of this contributes to cultural muddy. Our society has changed so much; it's unbelievable. What do you th- What do you think the root cause of that is? Root cause? Yeah. Can I be candid with you? Of course. We that's. I mean, look, we want to be candid. This isn't Sean Hannity's show. I mean, we want to get to the bottom of stuff. So, what What do you think? Um, I was a GI from 1962 to 1966 during the Vietnam time period, okay? Mm-hmm. When Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, declared war on poverty and passed the Equal Opportunity Act in 1964, uh, things in the military changed drastically. And uh, I grew up in a small town, farm kid, and, uh, you know, we got up in the morning, we worked, and uh, we worked till the lights didn't work anymore, you know, it got dark, and uh, cleaned up, went, ate dinner, went to bed, and got up next morning, same thing over again. Well, as I worked on the flight line as a crew chief on a C-124, I saw some of my fellow human beings standing out on the flight line, on the leading lines for the airplanes, if you're familiar with any of those things, mm-hmm. with pitching dimes, nickels, quarters, and stuff, and the flight line chief would come by, he was a senior master sergeant, nice guy, his name was Rogers, come by and, uh, you know, I'd holler down, hey guys, come on up here, we could use a little help, because a pickup truck in the morning would take us out from the squadron office out to the flight line, and we were all signed different airplanes, and we'd get the maintenance log out and see what gigs we had to fix, and that's what we did. When we got done with that airplane, we'd go to another airplane if we had time. Well, some of our uh, fellow people... Uh, felt it was kind of neat to uh, stand out in front of the airplane and uh, bullshit and have fun and stuff, excuse my English, and uh, they could have cared less about working on the airplane whatsoever. And the uh, higher you went up in the squadron, the more they uh, uh, just seemed to ignore this. When promotion time came out, uh, uh, I studied my buns off to learn all I could about the airplane so I'd be a good asset to the organization. And uh, these guys were the ones who were getting the promotions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this ain't fair. Not at all. So I got a good education from in the military, even in the chow hall. It just 
it permeated itself throughout the squadron in the base I was stationed at, at McCord Air Force Base. I came home and uh, started going to college, and uh, I was a good athlete in high school and stuff. So I asked the guys uh, at the college uh, you know, if I could get a part of a scholarship or something, you know, to help me out so I wouldn't have to work so many hours, and maybe I could play sports yet. And they said, well, we don't have any money left. I said, oh, okay. So I kind of blew that off and didn't do anything with sports, just worked. I gave uh, college one year. I got tired of being spit on by the freshmen and called baby killer and all this other crap. There were two of us that were in college there that were already in the military, had been. And uh, this is what... uh, what I learned and gleaned in my early years. But uh, prior to all that, I was in Boy Scouts, and we had a a great time. I mean, uh, we had discipline and stuff. I was a senior patrol leader and went into the Explorer post we had. And uh, it was, uh, I gleaned a lot of uh, upbringing from being in the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. Today, in our society today, we, uh, our country says that we're going to pay people to have children. Now, you want to know what the root cause of all this is. We have uh, um, a lot of kids having kids. And uh, we have a lot of children, and it goes back 50-plus years, that were born to a young lady. And uh, the more children she had, uh, the more she got paid. And uh, some of these women had five, eight kids and whatnot. And it's kind of unique how that system works because uh, the little girls will have kids and they don't know anything about raising kids. They just have kids. And they get paid money for having kids. And grandma, usually the mother of the one that had the kids, uh, they start a daycare center. And what they will do is uh, they get paid money, tax money that you and I pay and uh, uh, to have a daycare, and all these little kids go to the uh, daycare center, and they get paid for running a daycare, taking care of all these little kids, because the the mothers of these little kids aren't capable. Hell, their kids themselves, 15, 16 years old, and I can go up or down from that number. And uh, if you look into this, it's really unique how that works, because... Uh, uh, they don't really have to work because our system is designed that we will um, uh, help these people, and we're really we're doing a disservice because the the little kids they don't have any discipline. There's no father figure around, and uh, that's really sad. And we wonder why the crime rate what it is in our country, but nobody we don't have a one politician that wants to address this. You know how you live next to a city there, like a you know, guns are prohibited there, and uh, we the uh, look at the amount of killings we have in South Omaha. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I used to fly for a living, and I'd fly into Chicago all the time, take key people there for the Board of Trade meetings and stuff. And uh, I retired four years ago, and even our agencies today are changing uh, because of uh, affirmative action. That's the term they use: affirmative action. And uh, our standards are changing and I was just blown away when I read this 
Yeah, it know, just about, it, uh, it, it does. It, it does. It just seems like no matter how you feel about the Boy Scouts, one way or another. Now, I have, I have friends and family that, are, that have gone through Eagle Scouts and the Arrow, as you you described, and so you have this once noble organization now sort of just uh, I can't think of the right word. Maybe prostituting itself out. You could. Some of this is driven by political correctness, but I believe some of it's driven by the organization's need for cash. In other words, they think that creating a, a bigger market will help them, you know, drive sales, as it were, and get people back in. But so you have a, you have a, a multiplicity of issues working all at the same time, and, it, and it's all sort of ludicrous in a way. I mean, even even if you're just if the Jim, if the conversation was just about marketing, you'd have to say it's a bad marketing idea because you can't be all things to all people. Anybody that's ever run a business knows that you know if you're going to sell. Ribs, you're going to sell ribs, and you're you're not Applebee's. You're going to, you know, if you're going to be something that has a distinction or separation, that's what pe- that's where we are in our culture, and that's sort of what we're looking for. We're looking for distinctions, but the, when we start to erase or blur these distinctions for any reason, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's maybe it's just good old fashioned humanism. Uh, things start to unravel because these systems don't last over time, and you've certainly described stuff. You know, in your past, where you've sort of seen this and chronicled the slow degradation of where our our cultural cultural's moral morals are, so it doesn't seem like there's a way out. What would you say? Uh, I mean, as a Christian, I'm always going to say the way out is is uh, a return to a Christian world and life view. But what do you think pragmatically people can do? I mean, you hate to see the Boy Scouts, the name get tarnished. I guess that's what's upsetting to me enough is you had a once proud organization that did the things that you were describing and the things that you learned you're like a textbook case and the things that you learned allowed you to serve your country and allowed you to focus on being of service okay that's a, as you said a forgotten concept so here we are now anytime there's something good we've got organizations we've got uh, politicians, we everybody, they want to get a, a, a hatchet and chop anything that's good and noble and true. Chop that tree down, and I, it, it's infuriating in, in a sense, it's, and it's absurd at the same time. I'm calling you because I want to get feedback from our readers and our listeners, just to sort of say, look, here's some other ideas, and, and you're and. I'm glad that I did call you because you were able to you tell a story about how the Boy Scouts were helpful in your life. So I'm calling you because I want to get to the truth and I want to get to what's good and right and true. And it, I'd like with the grandkids that I have, I'd very much like our country to return to those things. And I think we got we all have to have a collective conversation if we're going to do that. Well, you know, we have some grandkids. And uh, uh, when I went to work for the FAA as an aviation safety inspector, I had more time because I could be, I was home in the evenings and weekends and stuff. For a number of years, I flew a jet for a company, and uh, we based a jet down in the Rio Grande Valley at Harlingen International Airport. And I lived in a condo on South Padre Island. And uh, I'd go down there, oh, once, for four or five weeks at a pop, and uh, we built meatpacking plants in Mexico and South America. And uh, so I, I was gone out of the country, you know, and I didn't want to move mom and the three daughters down in the Rio Grande Valley because we'd have been definite minority there because it's all Hispanic. And that's that's fine. Those are working people. 
and I became good friends with some of those. I got into kickboxing, used to go down to Mexico City, Monterey, compete with those guys and whatnot. You know, it was, it was a great education, Was became pretty fluent in Spanish. And, but I left that and went to work for the FA. I was a good pickup as an inspector because I had a lot of experience. So I spent from 84 to 14 as an inspector. I was coaching girls fast pitch softball for 11 years. And what's amazing is the high school where our daughters attended in Omaha here, uh, they didn't have anybody there on the faculty. You had to be a faculty member to be the coach. Well, the girls during our summer league, they all knew me because we all played against each other and whatnot during the summer leagues. And uh, I, uh, by high demand, they wanted me to be the coach. Well, I couldn't be the coach, but I could be an assistant coach. So they put one of the teachers in there as the coach, and um, he was the coach on paper. But uh, the girls and I, we had a ball. But I, uh, I ran a tight ship, and it was amazing. I can still see those girls today in a shopping mall or in a restaurant or something, and they came up to me, and they'll say, Hi, Mr. Sesma, how are you? They'll give me a hug. And just so thankful because uh, uh, I talked about pride, personal responsibility, mm. and daily effort in their response. When they come to the uh, ball diamond, park your car, and uh, you're 100% into the ball now, you know, playing ball, practice or whatever. Forget the boyfriends and all that stuff, but we're going to play. You know, that became a way of life for those kids, pride in what they do. Some of them would come up to me and say, my mom keeps nagging me and nagging me and nagging me. What's she nagging about? Well, she wants me to clean up my bedroom, and I really don't want to do that. I says, well, you know something, sweetie? Why don't you tell your mom you'll do it tomorrow or the next day, but have the decency to say, Mom, I don't want to do it today. I'm not in the mood. Can I do it tomorrow? But then you got to do it tomorrow. you got to stick to that. Parents would come up to me and say, What do you do to our daughter? She came up to me the other day and said, because <laughs> I was on her case nagging her, and I was getting tired of nagging her because I grounded her and stuff. And she says, Mom, I really don't feel like it doing it today, but can I do it tomorrow? And she said, the mother would say, that's so adult-like. Well, what are you doing to these kids here? But uh, I ran like a squad to military, I guess, the ball team. And still to this day, kids will talk about me, about the good old days that we had playing ball and stuff. Now, that may sound awful silly to you, but I watch our grandkids here. And uh, they're in different sports, you know, basketball, soccer and stuff. And... uh, we we need some people that um, these kids are hungry for respect and authority, but nobody does this anymore. It's a change in our entire society out here. It's really, really sad where our country's going, and we're programming our kids today. I spend a lot of time you now with the county commissioner, city council, and state legislature, and I watch this stuff. And I'll get up to the podium and get the mic there and stuff and ask these guys, you know, what, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking? And it's appalling to me how some of these people think. They do not have a clue, not a clue, what these young people need and are after. And you get into our public school systems, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. But we're on a path here to change our 
thought process out here. And I'm just glad that I'm 74 years old now. And, you know, God, I might live another 10 years, 20 years if I'm lucky. And, uh, but I feel sorry for our grandkids where we're going. Yeah, it sounds like we got the same motivation. So I got to. How, re- how do we fix this? Well, <laughs> how, many, how many people do you know, uh, like yourself, around the country here that can, uh, you know, we can get together and uh, one or two ain't going to make a difference. But when you get 100, 200 people here, you know, maybe we can make a dent in this and start fixing some of this stuff. I think one of the things we can do is something that I'm going to take from our discussion and you telling me your story, which I really appreciate, and I really appreciate your service. Uh, but I think one of the things we can do is start to make folks aware of the categories of thought that are gone. And as we wrap up, wrap up here, I want to sort of commend you, because I think what you're doing, maybe maybe listeners know who Bobby Knight is. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like Bobby Knight. I grew up playing basketball around the time when Bobby Knight was at sure. his heyday, and Bobby Knight was certainly capable of throwing a chair or two out on, 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 the, on the floor of, of, of a basketball game. However, if you ever talk to someone that played for Bobby Knight, you have one, I would say almost without exception, you have the individuals that, that come out of his program are exactly what you're trying to say. They understood service. They understood, okay, here's what your function is, and you're doing it for the team. And you're going to stay focused. You're going to have clarity of thought. We're going to work together as a team. And I won't let you get out where you become autonomous. You're going to be doing this. And those lines of demarcation, the lines that he gave them, kids want lines. That's why they join gangs, right? Young men want lines. They join gangs because you join a gang and someone's going to give you a line. It's going to be a little bit rough, but they're going to give you a line. And you don't cross this is what kids need. Don't cross this line. And if kids do cross the line, there needs to be consequences. Today we live in a world where there's no consequences to anything, and so it's this continued downward spiral. But what I like about what you, what you said, and just trying to sum up, is it seems to me like it's focus and clarity of thought versus a continued blurring of any kind of lines of demarcation, lines of service, lines of what's expected, lines of faith. It's the blurring of the world. And I think if we can start to, Jim, if we can start to get our categories right and start to get people back thinking that there are such categories and we've fallen outside the categories of thought, I think there's hope. And I think there's always hope. You know, uh, are you familiar with the learning centers in uh, communities? Yep. Yeah, yep. Okay. I'm pretty active with that. And uh, we're spending millions, tens of millions of dollars on trying to help these little kids and whatnot. We got the little 15, 16-year-old mommies trying to go to school to learn because they never went to school to learn anything, but they've got two or three little kids here that their mother is taking care of with these little centers. Well, now what we want to do is create an environment in our school system out here where third graders will go to school. It would be like a daycare school Mm -hmm. where we're going to pick these little kids up three years of age and we're going to haul them around in buses all over the community and put them in these little learning center things and whatnot. And we're going to hire specialists to teach these kids right from wrong here. Now, uh, Using what standard? Huh? Using what standard? 
What in standard? A, in other words, what standard would they be using to teach them right from wrong? They haven't come up with that yet. <laughs> there you go. That's it, isn't it? It's the standard. What standard are we going to use? I think but, that's the ultimate question. But if we change, change our culture today with the little kids out here, you know, God help us as we get on. You know, you've got some grandkids. We've got some grandkids. And it's really neat. Even our daughters, our oldest daughter is 45 and the twins are 42. They're kids. You can see the frustration our daughters have with what the kids are and are not learning in school. But they do pretty good. They know math. They know how to read a book. You know, they know those things because our daughters and their hubbies have worked with these little kids to show them at home to do this. Most of these communities where these little kids are born into, they they don't have that. There's no father figure around there, you know, to lay down the law in the house and whatnot. He's out doing something else here. He's non-existent. Now we wonder why this 14-year-old the other day shot a 17-year-old over a marijuana deal. Now they're in a big brouhaha. Do we put this kid in juvenile court or do we charge him as an adult? He took a gun and shot the 17-year-old. Point blank, just blew him away. But you look at his kid's history, the 14-year-old, he's been nothing but trouble since he was able to walk. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the environment he grew up in. We're not doing these people a big service at all with the environment that we're created out here. It's You've been in Chicago. Hell, you know there's a... Well, in the old days, in the old days, Jim, someone, if someone got shot in our country, when I say old days, I'm talking about when, when you and I were little. I'm 60. I'm not quite your age, but when, but when, when I was young, if someone got shot in California, it was still a news story here in Illinois. Now, now 20, 30 murders a night in Chicago don't even make the papers. It's no longer even news. And that, that's a dangerous place that we've gotten. But look, I got to run. We've run out of, uh, out of time here. But you know, I do want to say thank you so much for your time. Thanks for, for chatting with me, telling me your story. I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate your service. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a great day. And now we're going to talk to Raymond. Raymond's in Minnesota. Uh, 10,000 lakes or so up, up there, Raymond. What are you thinking these days about stuff like this? And thing is bogus myself. <laughs> what makes it bogus to you? What 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 because what from the why, heart makes it bogus? Why can't you have Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts like they've had as long as I've been alive? First of all, <laughs> I'm an Eagle Scout and I got an got to be an Eagle Scout in 1956. I've got a brother that's an Eagle Scout. I've got a two brother-in-laws that are Eagle Scouts, and last year I got a grandson that became an Eagle Scout, but they didn't have women in that club. <laughs> and what do you think the weaknesses uh, of that are? I think some of them are pragmatic, maybe, and maybe they would just, folks wouldn't want to actually touch that subject, but let's let's be candid and honest. Uh, oftentimes, girls are a distraction to boys, and of course, boys would be a distraction to girls in some sense. Do you see that I, I just as a pragmatic with, issue? I have, to agree. I have to agree with that. Yeah. The Brits had, you know, it, it, go to a, a, a British school for a long, long time. Boys were in one school and girls were in another school. We still have that in this country. Uh, that's not the worst possible thing that could ever happen to somebody, I don't think. A lot of yeah. great people came out of that program. And, uh, 
you probably think, and I would agree with you, I'm not an Eagle Scout, but I would agree with it that there's, there's probably a bit of a distraction side to this. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is you know, I, I'm from Minnesota, okay? Mm-hmm. I work on the higher range. And there's jobs that women should not be allowed to do. They're not physically capable of doing it. And by the same token, you take a canoe and throw that on your shoulders with a pack sack on your, the girls ain't going to be able to do it, and they're a distraction, as far as I'm concerned. And to try to make girls into something that they're not, I think there's a sense in which that's a despicable thing as well, and try to make boys into something they're not. What we're, what we're, we're talking about this cultural agenda that's, that seems to, to be running down below the surface on some of these issues. But you have, you have clear, you know, in the Bible, you have clear demarcations of, you know, men and women. It's not like, it's not supposed to be that confusing and, no. or blurred. You know, boys are made to do things that girls aren't made to do. <laughs> and that doesn't yeah yeah you know what let me ask you another question because i think this is where we're a little weak in terms of our our cultures and our nation's understanding as we continue to drift we don't really have categories for understanding thought in other words it seems to be it's either this or it has to be that when like why can't we say that maybe we would use a word like ontologically we say ontologically in in god's eyes there is equality. Um, I, I, Bill Hyde and, and Raymond Abel are, are equal with Jimmy Butler in the sense that as God looks down at us, he sees us in that sense. However, I ain't going to guard Jimmy Butler. And, and he can't do the things Jimmy Butler's not going to be able to do the things that you can do in your professional life that you've done. And, it, right. and the same thing with women. It doesn't mean that someone's not equal. We've just lost the concept of being or, or ontology where we can say, hey, look, we're all equal. But functionally, this is your point. I'm Raymond, I think. I hope I'm making your point. Functionally, yeah. we're different. I'm not LeBron James. Right. I'm, you, know, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I'm not Stephen Hawks. I'm not a, a, a math genius. I, I, I do other things. It doesn't mean that there's any kind of big... Uh, trouble with with me being worried that I'm not as smart as some mathematician, and I need to. We need to br- cut his knees down so that him and I are equal. We don't have to do that. We can say, "Hey, it's great to have great basketball players, right? It's great to have great mathematicians. It's great to have great uh, uh, doctors and chiropractors and 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 everything under the sun." But it just right. seems like we've lost this. We've lost. We've everything is an attempt to confuse. The, the God-given order that, that we're supposed to have. I have to agree with that. I mean, I, I've been a chiropractor since 1963, so that makes it 56 years. Mm-hmm. Okay? My brother's a chiropractor. My son and daughter-in-law are chiropractors. And I've got a nephew and his wife are chiropractors. Okay? because we don't go along with all these drugs and opioids and all that stuff, and <laughs> we can get rid of pain without those things. And the thing is, women are not made to go on canoe trips and all that, and we're, we're from an area where we do a lot of that. They, 
they can't carry the canoe, they can paddle them. But mm-hmm. why can't the boys do be boys? <laughs> well, because our culture doesn't want boys to be boys. Yeah, um, we're, I don't know if who if it's C.S. Lewis or G.K. Chesterton that said that we're producing men without chests, and I, I think yeah. that there's there's a lot to that, and I think that we'll all be very very sorry for this someday, including including these folks that are pushing this agenda. I think they need men to be men. They don't know that, but they need men to me, to be men. And when oh, push yeah. comes to shove, they're going to wish that that what that the agenda that they have been driving wasn't, you know, the issue. They're going to wish that they hadn't done that because there are times when you Why need... Why do it when it's already proven to work the way it was? Because they want to be... And well, I answer, I know you said that rhetorically, but I think the answer is because they want to be God and they want to be yeah. the great predestinators of our life and control every little aspect of not only our, our, our physical actions, but even our thought life. Uh, oh, Dr. Yeah. Abel, I think I think that's that's what they really want. They they won't admit it, but it's an attempt to play God. They want to they want to take control of us and disrupt what was working, is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay, our next guest is not really our next guest. That sounds a little confusing, but we tried to get our uh, one of the guys that we thought we could talk to today. He had invited us to call him, but we couldn't connect with him. And uh, we won't say this guy's name, but he, he, he really he, he gave some good responses to the article that I had written about uh, the Boy Scouts. And uh, so I've brought in a replacement for him who's going to... Uh, actually read some of the stuff that he had written sent into us and just allow me a little chance to respond to it just because I think it's interesting what he said and, and I think there's some categorical issues that I'd like to discuss and so I've got uh, my assistant here Hannah Hannah good morning good morning how are you I'm well I'm yeah I'm good I'm mad about the Boy Scout thing but other than I know, that I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm on fire <laughs> a man on fire I'm like Denzel that's right right I'm best actor that's, ever I was just gonna best say actor that. ever <laughs> <laughs> so um, this 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 gentleman responded yes. to us yes, and uh, read some of the stuff that he's saying. I think it just would make a nice some nice discussion points. Sure, it does. He's not really responding, you know, in a way that's uh, uh, chronological to in linear to the to the to the letter, but he's just sort of responding uh, to it. So yeah, um, yeah, he was kind of responding to some of those bullet points that we had in the, in the article. So, uh, his first one was exclude a 35 year old from being a scoutmaster or just a scout. I thought the cutoff was 18 for Eagle Scouts. So that sounds fine to me. I don't know what the age limit is for a scoutmaster or leader. Okay. So he, we said in, in the article, or I said in the article that, um, on what basis, so maybe I need to be more clear on such mm-hmm. things. Because what I'm trying to smoke out is, on what basis would you exempt the following from right. becoming a Boy Scout, Girl Scout, whatever? It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's it's almost Hannah like a formula, you know. Right. If A, therefore B. So it's 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 like we were talking about yesterday, like mm-hmm. modus ponens or something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So um, he exclude a 35 year old from being a scoutmaster. My my point there is, do you want a 35 year old uh, man? being in running the Girl Scouts, being being a Girl Scout leader or being 
uh, not a leader, but being right. a I was, Girl Scout. I was just going to say, what if he just wants to be a scout? He doesn't want to be a leader. He just wants to be a scout. And so he, so our friend here is saying, well, th- th- that sounds okay if he wants right. to be a leader. But to which I would just say, you know, what, what, why can't we say, why does not anything go? In other mm-hmm. words, why... Maybe the the cutoff's eighteen, but wouldn't that be a line of demarcation that we could fight? In other words, what if instead of gender issues, what if it was age issues and chronology mm-hmm. issues? We already have those issues in the workplace. Right? Why can't they be transposed over here? In other words, a eighty year old wants to be a seven year old. Mm-hmm. On what basis would you stop him? Right. What are you going to say to him? Right. I mean, all he's got to do is go on Oprah and cry a bunch of times and emote and, and the yeah. world will change, you know, our laws so that he, he can be the young lady that he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so it's really categorically and it's really once I think once you master how you can think about these things, I think the rest starts to come. Mm-hmm. And so we gave some other examples right. of what and I was being playful there, but we gave some other examples of of and he, he kind of responds to some of that in my bubbles. Right. Read, read the bubbles part. Sure. So he says, who the hell is bubbles? Okay, is this even a real survey? Do you assume everyone who is prepping for possible disaster and protecting our families are ignorant rednecks, easily goaded into reactionary stupidity? Wow, that's a lot to put on yes. uh, bubbles' shoulder. Now, bubbles was <laughs> Michael Jackson's chimp. Right. And I think Michael Jackson's chimp is still alive and well. We did look at that. We looked it up. We didn't want to say something about a deceased uh, chimp that wasn't true or or even a living chimp. But the point there, again, was he's missing the category side of this. On what basis would you exclude a chimp Mm -hmm. from the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts? On what basis? What would be your criteria or your standard Mm -hmm. that you would do that? And again, he he doesn't really get that, Mm -hmm. but... I can understand why he would answer. He's just saying, what is this? Is this a survey? No, it wasn't a survey. Right. I'm just trying to get you to think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, reactionary stupidity, I, my assumption is, is that that's his way of saying that a lot of our listeners and readers are, are low IQ uh, people that just automatically react. But it looks to me like he, like he's the one that's in, in, involved in reactionary stupidity in claiming that it's only others that are engaged in reactionary mm-hmm. stupidity. So mm-hmm. uh, probably not a good grade on that one. Uh, how about the next paragraph? Uh, so he, he goes on to say, I'm not sure how accepting girls to the scouts would change the original rules other than letting girls in, which makes a lot of sense. It seems to me you are baiting people with this questionnaire and stoking an already fragile population with your fear-mongering questions. If you fear the change that this world is inevitably headed for, you are in for a world of hurt. Better get in line and start wising up. The world isn't going to wait for you forever to get with the rest of us. Wow. It, so- it sounds like he's a street preacher there. <laughs> right. It sounds like he's an evangelist. Mm-hmm. He obviously has some very interesting ideas, but they're not just ideas that are that are sort of you know existing in abstraction. He's very passionate about this. And, it, yeah. and one would wonder what drives the passion. Does yes. he, did, did Moses hand, you know, was it God that handed um, this fellow a set of new rules mm-hmm. that uh, is, is is supposed to be taking place? Is the world going to go someplace? You know, it's, it's like he's like, there's this thing that's happening. And if you don't get online, like the love train, right? You right. got to get on board. Yeah. You think he's saying that I'm going to miss the love train, I which think. would be 
um, terrible yeah. to miss the love train. You know, fragile population. It sounds like he's concerned about people. If you say fragile population, yeah. and he's concerned about fear-mongering, mm-hmm. it sounds like he really cares a lot about people, yes. to which we would say, I wonder what drives your your concern. Right. Do you... Is this religious? It sure seems religious yeah. to me. Yeah, what's the basis of that? What's the basis? What's the standard that you're using? What's mm-hmm. your infallibility concept? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one's a little long, but you can break mm-hmm. that up if you want to. I mean, he, this is a, he, the next part is a diatribe. It, yeah. Uh, in, it's, <laughs> cut it off. Go read a little bit of it, Hannah, and cut, <laughs> cut, off, cut it off anywhere that you would like to because it's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, so he continues on by saying, what do you have against girls being in scouts? Nothing. Keep going. Okay. Just keep all the rules the same. Let girls enter and change the name. Sounds legit. All this stuff about Bubbles and Clinton seems really out of place and looks like a blatant attempt to stoke fear and instill an even deeper rift in our nation. Well, he's really concerned mm-hmm. about these rifts. And what what would concern me about his concern, and that would be that I wonder what basis he would try to get people back together on. In other right. words, if we're going to heal it, what would be the the structure? What would be something that we could all agree on right. that could heal this fractured or fragile? I think he uses both of those words. Yes, <laughs> fractured uh, population. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess if if I was maybe an atheist and I was listening to him, I would go, I don't care about any of that. Right. I just care what I care about, and uh, why I would ask him, why are you so evangelical about? these religious ideas that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll pick up where he says, was this written by Russians or what? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No, it's written, <laughs> written by me. And I, I, don't, I did my DNA thing and there's no Russian, no Russian, no blood. Russian blood in me, though. Yeah. So I, I've always wanted to go to Russia. But, uh, you know, then, then uh, uh, more, tr- more trouble. But, yeah, yes. it, it's not a right. I think that was an attempt at humor. But yes, I think. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he says, how about mending it, not ending it? How about evolving with the rest of the world? Are you just so stuck in 1950 that you cannot accept girls as scouts without bringing up Clinton? She's not even president. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, I knew she wasn't president when I wrote this. <laughs> right. and I appreciate his response and yes. telling me it's, it's helpful. But, yes. but I already knew that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And all I meant, again, was creating categories. Mm-hmm. Hillary seemed like something you could throw Mr. Trump. You could throw anybody into yeah. that category. Yeah. In other words, you're going to say, on what basis, X. Mm-hmm. And then once you, once you have that, you're going to start to realize, wow, if I, if I start to adjust this the wrong way, that we, that anything could be included or excluded, right. and it's all arbitrary. Right. It's a slippery slope, everything. It's a pretty slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Trump, and, and he goes on to, can, to talk about Trump. He says, a better question would be, would you accept Trump? I mean, he is vulgar, violent, imprudent, selfish, impulsive, brash, and completely self-servient. Is that the kind of person you want influencing your child? But hey, if he was under 18, who am I to stop him? He has just as much right to get the enriching experience that the scouts provide as anyone else. As an adult, I would want him as far away from, as possible from any children. Well, it seems like he wants to protect children from mm-hmm. something. It seems like he's got a standard right. that he's going to use, like an absolute standard. Yeah. So one question that I would have for him if, he, if we do ever get a chance, you know, it, are there absolutes? Yeah. It sounds like he's positing absolutes here. It sounds mm-hmm. like he's saying there are absolutes mm-hmm. to which then you're going to have to say, what are they? Mm-hmm. 
where did you get them? Mm -hmm. Are they arbitrary? Yeah. Because when you have someone that's this religious, that has made a leap of, a leap of faith of this magnitude, you just have to wonder, because no one who's objective would slide this stuff in, which sounds like someone from the left, we just, oh, by the way, he's vulgar, violent. I mean, I don't know who, I mean, look, I'm going to defend tr Trump here against someone that's just going after him in a way that Mr. Trump could not defend himself. Selfish, impulsive, brash, self-servient. How does he know all of these things? Does right. he know Mr. Trump? He reads probably something in the Huffington Post and he thinks that's true because yeah. it's true for him mm -hmm. that the Huffington Post said he was all those things or whatever garbage sure. uh, fake news that he's he wants to read. It's it's insane. So there's name calling here and then he tries to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's all these things. But you know what? If he's under 18, um, who am I to stop him? Yeah. Uh, and then he says, it's time to reunite these states. Stop breaking us apart and get with the program. The, the world is evolving. You better be part of the solution if you don't want to be part of the problem. You know, I don't even know what to say to that part because why would someone like this care about the states being reunited? Mm -hmm. I mean, what would be, does he want just peace for peace sake? I mean, it sounds like one of those, uh, like a Coke commercial from the 60s or something, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the time when they were singing a lot of these songs and these, these anti-war songs. Right. Uh, smile on your brother, everyone get together mm -hmm. right now and mm -hmm. love each other, mm -hmm. you know, right now. So it, it seems like he's sort of caught. I, I'm accused of being stuck in the 50s with Ozzy and Harriet yeah. and Leave it to Beaver and, and all that kind of thing. But it seems to me like he's stuck in the 60s mm. with the headband and with right. the, you know, Nixon's a killer and, you know, that's we're not going to argue that today, but just it seems like he's stuck in the 60s with this sort of sloganeering mm -hmm. uh, stuff from the 60s. So Yeah. Um, and then he, he finishes off by saying, wake up, the world might leave you behind. You are clearly not doing anything to hear, heal our fractured nation. So he wants me, so just like an evangelist would say to somebody, you know, you're sinning and you're going to go to hell. He's saying, wake up, you're yeah. going to miss the love train, baby. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I don't. Then, then he does what's typical of people in his genre. It, instead of, and, and I think this is what we find in the Trump during the Trump administration, is that the people on the left, if they disagree, they don't want to hear a counterbalancing point. Right. So he gets something that he doesn't agree with. Mm -hmm. Immediately says, "Don't tell me any more of that." Yeah. Here's my diatribe response. Don't tell me any more of that because I don't want to hear it. Right. Well, that's about as infantile as, you know, you, you've had children, so you, you yeah. know what, what little kids do when they don't want to eat their spinach or something. They right. spit it all over the floor. And so right. this is a guy spitting spinach all over the floor, mm -hmm. acting like a child because he, he, he really can't engage in the conversation. He just wants to hurl yeah. little slogans, right. which are very predictable, mm -hmm. obviously. So yeah. uh, you're clearly not doing anything to heal our fractionation. And, and again... As an evangelist, he seems concerned about our nation, and he wants some sort of humanistic religion to, to heal that. And I would say um, if, if he listens to this and he knows, I'd like to know on what basis, so you can call me, call me again, we're always right. willing to take your phone call this guy, or just email me and tell me mm -hmm. on what basis would you heal our fractured nation? What would be your plan? Yes. 
And I think that would be, it would be a great thing if I could get something and get a response. Because I always like to know, okay, what are we going to do here? What, what's the plan? Yeah, it'd be a great conversation. Yep. Okay, Hannah, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you playing the unlikely role of one of our uh, angry readers. That's not your personality <laughs> type, but uh, uh, great job, and thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. And that about wraps it up today with all of our uh, callers and our not callers. This is The last one was a not caller, but uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, we look forward to the next time. We're going to have a little bit of action like this. We're going to try to get a chance where everybody can call in and uh, just mix it up a little bit like we did today. You heard some great stories from some great people today, especially about the scouts and how the scouts, once we had some Eagle Scouts on the phone today, and the discussion really, as I was just trying to be a good listener, is, is the scouts have helped so many people, especially those, those guys that have made Eagle Scout, and that, how that served them the rest of their life. And it's, it's those guys, too, that are taking this particular um, news and are really upset about it because it's, it's their Eagle Scout program that you're messing with. You know, so the, a, a guy like this can't come in and just claim, oh, that's, we can do whatever we want. With, and if you listen to the other interviews that we went through today, these are hardworking uh, folks that had to dedicate, focus, clarify their thoughts for a single purpose of becoming an Eagle Scout. And then what went into that, the byproduct of all of that self-sacrifice and discipline has served them at the time. And it continues to serve them, their family, their community, and their country for a lifetime. And that's what's so upsetting about some of the scout stuff that's coming out. I'm sure you'll hear more about the campaign as they start to get this message out this summer that girls should join the Boy Scouts and at the same time be ready for the simultaneous campaign for the girls scouts to say, girls stay in Girl Scouts. That's where you're supposed to be. Thanks again. 